And we're back with the random show. The year is now 2022. I mean, it might be 2022. We could be in a simulation. It could be the year 50 million 75. I don't know. 2022? (laughs) (laughs) Question? Question mark? You're listening listening to the random show only at randomshow.net. Get your random goodness randomly throughout the year with uh, your hosts, Brad and Matt. Hey, new year, new us, same us. New year, just us. No, um, how was your new year, Matt? How no, no resolutions for you. You know, I, you know, I never really sat down to do them this year. I generally do, um, but I've also over the years like come to terms with what a resolution for me means, which is it needs to be you know it needs to be realistic <laughs> in a sense, right? Like. I, I, you know, I, I remember where I would be like, I want to do one blog post a week. And that doesn't even sound that hard, but damn it's it, 50, that's hard. It's 52 blog posts, man. <laughs> that's hard. If it's a guy like and, you, or you're I said I wanted to play. <laughs> right. So then, so and then I was like, I want to play like a game of chess a day, every day. And I do play chess every day, but it's not always like a full game. You know what I mean? So I've tried to set more like, I want to, I try to keep my resolutions and goals. More like I want to blog more often or I want to play chess more often. Less about like very specific like pass or fail markers and more about just kind of putting more of an effort, um, you know, into it in the new year. Or obviously, you know, the healthy side of it and trying to get, you know, continued fitness and being healthy and, and kind of, you know, cut out more of the sweets, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, what about you? Are you like the kind that really put real detailed? I'm going to read 27 books this year and <laughs> you know? no. Nope. No, it's, it's, it's much more zoomed out than that for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there are some hard things like with the health and fitness, of course, like everyone else, every January, it's like, here's this new right. thing. Like I've, I'm, you know, I'm doing the whole not eating, uh, until 11 o'clock, which is, you know, past already. I haven't, you know, I've already, I'm doing good with that one, right? Oh, I, you're I doing some intermittent fasting? Yeah, some that. intermittent fasting. Uh, I'm not eating bread and refined sugars. And for those non-parents in the audience, refined sugars are like everything that our kids eat. Everything. <laughs> Every day. E- like, e- either bread, grain, or right. refined sugar. That's Yeah, basically. and it's just, you know, <laughs> uh, Belvedas, uh, Cheez-Its, Goldfish, oh, yeah. right? Like those you know, are the things. When you start looking at sugar like if you actually look at nutrition labels it's kind of amazing how much like sugars and everything right like everything has sugar mm-hmm. it seems like there's even just like a gram and you'd be mm-hmm. like why is there sugar in this but there there is so if you're really trying to cut that out it is a it is a serious effort i did whole 30 a few years back and so i was looking at like everything i was eating and i was shocked like how much stuff had sugar in it i'll tell you what i'm not good at especially now that i have kids is so health having free time Having free time. Having, having right? hobbies. Having hobbies, yeah. <laughs> having a life, a life yeah. outside of being a yeah. parent. <laughs> Aside from all of that, <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing that changed for me uh, on the New Year's resolutions was when I was younger and uh, free from from kids is I could say January, it's like chicken, broccoli three mm-hmm. times a day you know, go for a run, go to yeah. the gym and the regiment, the routine and like really hunkering down on on those types mm-hmm. of goals was so much more achievable, like laughable now. Like my yeah. God, I could have been, you know, all Arnold that time Schwarzenegger. We squandered, right? All that free yeah. time we squandered. Right. And- <laughs> so now my wife is like, it, she, you know, she's she's like, oh, 
so what was it the other day? Uh, oh, she she made something last night, and there was rice. And she was like, "I thought you weren't gonna, you know, eat bread and all this." Other. I'm like, "Yeah, but look, there's there's, I've cut out. I'm already trying to cut out so much stuff that mm-hmm. I'll eat a, like a good meal that tastes good and have some rice with it. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going." And that's what I found out about myself. Like whole 30 where it's like, I'm not going nuts. You can't touch it, period. Yeah. Right. So I have to take those baby steps in order to get to the bigger picture or else I'll just crash and burn. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's a smart approach because like whole 30, you know, anything like that's to the extreme, um, which is very hard to one, it's hard to do. And two, it's really hard to maintain. You know, even if you get through the 30 days, but actually to keep a similar lifestyle. So I think having some of those, you know, I don't want to call them cheat meals, but because it's not really a cheat meal, right? It's like just, you know, like you said, if it's a good meal and it happens to have rice, that's okay. Right. But you're not eating rice for every meal. Right. Right. Like alcohol is the same thing. You know, I've, I've, I'm doing a, a bit of a break on drinking this year and um, not like 100% like, you know, but I'm trying to make it where it's not like I just, I, I want to, I guess... <laughs> This sounds weird, but drink with more intention. I don't know. That actually sounds better in my head. First, but folks. Like, I don't want to just have a beer to have a beer. You know, I mean? I'm trying to get to the point where it's like, okay, if I'm going to an event or I'm going, you know, and I'm not obviously not doing a lot of events, but if I'm going to a family thing, maybe it's a holiday. Okay. I'll have some alcohol, but I don't want it to, I've gotten to this nasty rut where it's just like, you know, in the evening I'll have a glass of scotch or I'll have a beer or something. It's like, why, <laughs> why am I doing that on a Tuesday evening? Like, I don't really need to do that, you know? So I'm trying to get more where they're like, if I am going to have alcohol, there's more of an, a reason why, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because then it just adds up. It's like I just had those empty calories, whatever, yeah. 15 dozen I mean, times throughout the month. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did a, a couple times a year, once a year, I'll just, you know, do a dry month, right? I'll just take a break. Um, and I, you know, I'll, lost, I'll lose 10 to 15 pounds purely from that, but still keeping my workout regimen and, and walking and stuff a little bit less this time of year. Cause it's cold, but, um, but just doing the same thing I was doing, just literally cutting out like alcohol, especially beer, all those empty calories is, is huge, you know? So, I mean, it's good. It's a good reflective time at the end of the year, beginning of the new year to kind of sit back and say, you know, what are the things I want to work on, you know, as a person, as a, as a father, as a husband, you know, as an entity in this, existence this world <laughs> you know so but it is funny that you say that too because i feel like as you get older you get a little bit more realistic with like yes i want to improve but i want to make it an unobtainable goal it may not be easy but it, it should certainly shouldn't be impossible either you know yeah yeah there's so much stress i mean uh, you know i know you're you're a business owner so and you have a lot of people that are dependent on you uh in the company so it's like man at one point in my life i was like stressing myself out to beat myself up <laughs> both physically mm-hmm. and mentally on, around you know like the diet and the health stuff and working out and and when i was running my own business uh, 100% of the time it's like man i there's no need for me to do that i, I don't even have the time to beat myself up anymore <laughs> so you know yeah. it's it, i have to ease into it you know for sure yeah i mean and and honestly <laughs> like as much as physical health is obviously very important so is the mental health side of it right and and one thing i've really come to terms with is you know, going to the gym and working out is, is kind of my therapy in a, in a sense, especially as a business owner, it's where I, you know, when I'm having a a rough day or I had to make some hard decisions or I have, you know, a a challenge that I'm trying to figure out an elegant solution to the gym is a bit of an equalizer for me because 
you know, some days it lets me easily forget about everything going on because whatever I'm doing sucks and you really can't think about anything else. Um, but it just kind of sheds a lot of that like baggage and, and, and stuff I, you know, that it, that's easy to have as a business owner, certainly. Um, so for me, like, you know, and everyone, you know, looks at their mental health and, and, and works on it in a little bit different ways. But for me, that's really worked well for me over the years is just and another reason why I want to continue to push myself to work out and go to the gym and, you know, really sweat it out because it just mentally, it, I think it's very good for me. Obviously yeah. the physical side of it's good, but also the mental side of it for me particularly is very good too. So hundred percent, a lot of benefits to that. Did you get a favorite, uh, did you get a favorite Christmas gift? Ooh, favorite Christmas gift. You know, my wife got me a, a cool chess table, um, like a, from Etsy. It's like a custom made wooden, like actual table, chess checkers, whatever, but it's like the tabletop, you know, so you could really play whatever on it. So that's pretty fun. Um, I'll have more of a dedicated space been teaching my son we've been playing more he's getting pretty good for a six-year-old um you've really taken so to chess cool. what, what, what was chess always something in in your past life yeah, or you've I've, just I've, taken I've, it up I, I i remember playing a lot when i was a kid i went to like chess camp one year i had like i i, I think what really i didn't even know there was a, a chess camp there's so no, you're, there's you're you are far ahead than i'd say the average <laughs> there's the average plenty of person. chess camp. Probably I just more, won 17 regional titles. Let me just pull out yeah. my drawer of uh, no, I mean, I never did any competition. And honestly, I never, you know, chess is one of those things. It's like, it's like golf, right? You could spend your entire life trying to master it and you'll, you won't, you know what I mean? Like, and maybe that's what draws me to it is, is the fact that no matter how much you spend on it, you'll never, you'll never be the best. Um, and I have a couple of friends I've been playing. It's one of those things I kind of really got back into during the pandemic, right? Like I just started playing again and I ended up playing like, every day for like, I don't know, year and a half straight, um, during the pandemic. And I, you know, I have friends, I play Kiko's, uh, uh, one of my buddies that we play with a lot and Kiko, in, former, in, uh, WordPress advocate. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, and the one thing he said to me was kind of resonated is, is chess is so cool because it is a global game. You could go to any country in the world, whether you speak the language or not, if you can find someone that knows how to play chess, you can sit down and play a game of chess even if you can't actually communicate with each other. And it's like soccer for the mind. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and obviously I'm a, you know, a technology guy, I'm a developer. So I think just the idea of puzzles and like, you know, um, it, it resonates well with me. So I found my old chess set a few years back um, in my, 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 you know, the room I grew up in, in my parents' house, um, dusted that off. And basically that's what I'm playing with, with my son, which has been fun. So how, how has he taken cool to it? Uh, like learning the move set and stuff like that. Not the strategy, maybe. It's but... good. I mean, we I first started teaching him the basics when he was four. Okay. And obviously, you know, learning the pieces is one thing, but the movements are certainly another. So he's at the point now where he really understands how the pieces move and things like that. And we can play a legit game. Like, he gets it. Obviously, I, you know, softball it a little bit and don't just destroy him. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I like to set up certain positions to see if he'll you know, if he'll catch like the move, you know, if he'll see it or not, and he's starting to see it more often than not, which is pretty interesting. So that's awesome. you know, I think it's just problem solving and, and I think it's good, right? Regardless of what your, your field is or whatever your expertise, I think just the idea of being able to, you know, solve problems, play games like, like a game like chess, where it really flexes your, your brain muscle. Um, more you so took him right to chess like, and didn't start with checkers. No, actually, I taught him checkers after, <laughs> if you believe that. But, 
<laughs> he does like checkers because it's you know it's a little easier to jump into, but it's fun. We'll see if he sticks with it. I don't know, but it's um it's good, man. Cool. What about you? What was your favorite gift? Uh, you, Christmas the list, gift. The listener can't can't see it, but I'm holding up. Uh, hold on, let me spin it around this way so you can see it. Da, 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 da. My wife got me this. You can see Ooh. the. The bottom of my cup Ember. lighting up. Oh, is that one of those smart mugs? Yeah. It'll, uh, you, can't you mint NFTs with those those coffee mugs or something? I don't know. What do they do? do they, I mean, I found I Is found there a my, token involved? Uh, there, there will be soon. Uh, I found myself having to reset my username and password the other day just so I could heat up my coffee. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, what, God, what, what a world what, we live in, what man. What a world I live in surrounded by technology. Um, Who's got it, my charger? I, yeah. My coffee's cold. <laughs> Uh, but it is fantastic. You can, I've heard great things about those. You you can crank it up. The battery doesn't. La- the battery lasts about, you know, an hour, like fully mm-hmm. cranked. Like if you're heating your cup up, and I think it goes up to 145 on the temperature scale. Um, connects over Bluetooth. The app is super simple. You just drag the uh, the temperature up. So I, I like that because I'm not a. Um, so like right now it's re- you you can't see that. I don't think. 61 it yeah, says because the batteries now does it have like a does it keep like stats and a history of like cups and you know <laughs> probably at the, mo- them or- at the probably yeah. at the mothership yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know it does um you know but it's That's cool like you'll you'll pour the cup of coffee like right out of the pot you pour it in and it'll be like whatever it says 180 or whatever i don't know whatever the, the temperature is <clears throat> and then you can maintain it to a, like 145 i think is the max and it lasts about an hour i'm the kind of guy who will drink uh I don't, after the first cup of coffee, like I'll drink that one pretty quick. And then my second cup will like, it's been sitting here for whatever. It's two hours, three yeah. hours at this point. That's so, what I've wondered. Cause I, I get the idea of it, but I'm like, I don't, my coffee doesn't sit around. Like I drink it. And by the time yeah. I get to the bottom of it, it's yeah, it may not be piping hot, but it's still warm, you know? Yeah. Um, so this, de- definitely I mean, I'm usually a two or three the, cup the of coffee guy in the morning. I'm not, um. Generally, after lunch, I don't I don't touch coffee. I, you know, may, there are some days where I might be dragging in the afternoon, but few and far between. I usually have one or two cups, and or I mean, two yeah. or three cups on average in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. probably my, you know, my most uh, exciting gift that that my family got me, and then I I bought myself what you have in your ears right now, a pair of AirPod Pros. I resisted for the longest time. Oh yeah, dude. Because I was like, uh, I'm just going to lose them. Awesome. But they, they are fantastic. Did, now, did you have the elder version, or is this your no. first pair of AirPods? Oh, this is your first ones, ones. So because the, those are, those really other ones it. would have never fit in my ear. They would just fall out. Which yeah, is why these I fit way better so than long. the first gen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I haven't tried the the third gen or whatever they are now, but um, yeah, the pros were. The original ones I was hesitant on too, and I got them and they were good. I liked them, but the pros really f- kind of fixed all the little things, all the little issues that I didn't like about the originals. Yeah. And the noise canceling is, is pretty damn good. Like it's, it's almost weird. Cause I'll turn on the noise canceling, uh, feature. Like if I'm mowing the lawn and it's odd because it literally filters out the lawnmower, but it's still like vibrating in my hand. Right. You know, it's just a weird <laughs> yeah. experience when you do it yeah. and something like that, you know, but it yeah. works really, really well. Yeah. I, uh, I used to have, well, I had the first version of the very popular Sony over the ear Bluetooth headphones, their first mm. version. And the noise canceling was awesome. I'd say that, uh, these are on par with that because I mean, you have to remember too, that, uh, they're over the ear with the Sony's. So being in like a coffee shop, the Sony's I felt like were a little bit better. Again, they were over the ears versus this kind of thing. 
-hmm. but uh, it was one thing I was worried about, but they do, it does an awesome job. But what was actually more shocking, which I didn't see anybody really talk about, you know, because I, of course, like I read all, watched all the YouTube videos, read all the reviews is like Mm -hmm. the spatial audio stuff that it does. Um, which I don't know if you've ever noticed, but you... It's one of the newer things they rolled out, I, th- I want to say last year, like in a software update, okay. I believe, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's, it's new to me. But if you, yeah. on your iOS device, uh, if you pull down whatever, like the the settings tray, it has the volume and the, and the brightness, et cetera, you can change the spatial audio to where there's three different modes, regular, uh, I think surround, and then there's one that is like if you move your head you hear the sound in like, depending on like where your head position is compared to where the device is. And I tell you, that's interesting. Something we can talk about a little bit. I started watching uh, the new season of Dexter and it's awesome. It's awesome to listen to a a movie with (laughs) these headphones, like in the, their spatial audio things. It's kind of gimmicky, but it's also kind of cool. It almost makes you feel like you're in a movie theater. Yeah. I haven't tried that yet. I need to try that. I, uh, you know, I use them for my phone calls. I use them if I go on walks. They're great for calls. Um, and honestly, like I use it when I'm laying in bed. I'll watch a little bit of, you know, like a show or something to fall asleep to on my phone. Um, and one of the advantages is AirPod Pros. I could never get the original ones to do this, but AirPod Pros, I can actually just have one in my ear. Right. You don't have to have both. Where the old ones, I had to have both in. So, like, I'd have one ear on the pillow, like, with an AirPod jammed in there that I don't really want. But now I can just have, you know, the ear that's not on the p- pillow. Yeah, um, which is nice. But yeah, I was uh, actually this is my second set. I literally just bought these a few days ago because I lost my first set. Speaking of, <laughs> and, and, and that's what I was worried about. I'm like, if I'm going to lose these suckers, yeah. right? Or my kids are going to get a hold of them. And yeah, I thought for sure I would lose mine sooner than that. But it it, it was, you know, I went to the in-laws house. I had them uh, ended up packing up and going home and they have never resurfaced. And I've done the find my AirPods and it doesn't seem to know where they're at. Like, it's just I don't know. They'll turn up someday, but very strange. They probably fell on my in-laws' house and behind a, you know, behind something, and they're sitting there. But I haven't the, been able the, to find them. So and, after and a few months, is, I finally broke down and bought a new set. <laughs> and this is what will get me into Twitter Spaces <laughs> because yeah, it does make Twitter Spaces easier for sure. You know, and again, like I still rant and rave about the audio quality for sure on like the recording side, but. Yeah. This is why I joined Twitter Spaces. Well, your Twitter Space the other day, and then I did one just playing around right after that because I'm like, ah, screw it. I get the AirPods mm-hmm. in, and now it's a little bit more accessible. I don't have to hold the phone up and worry about that as much. Yeah. And with the new uh, Mac OS updates and stuff, it's it's really pretty smart about if you've got your phone next to your computer, kind of understanding what device you want it on. Um you know, it's pretty good about that. So I can bounce between my phone and my computer seamlessly. Oh, it's it's when tremendous at that. Yeah, which is again, that was an update I think last year, maybe 2020, but it's it's a more of a recent software update with Mac OS. Yeah, because I'll, I'll it bounce nice too. Because the whole song and dance with Bluetooth, like other Bluetooth oh, devices, and like forget it. Like you have to literally turn off Bluetooth on your computer to get it connect to something else. Like it's just you know that's one of the reasons I hate Bluetooth. It just doesn't work great, mm-hmm. and it feels like Bluetooth feels like the technology that that the 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 more expensive the device certainly the better it works but it's it's a cheap technology so they'll put them in five or ten dollar devices and it sucks they don't work at all you know um so i'm looking forward to the day when bluetooth is is sunsetted and we have something that's a little bit better <laughs> yeah controlled by apple just, it's just never worked great for me yeah it, that is tremendous i bounce between my ipad and my iphone and my laptop without issue 
Yeah. Uh, it is pretty amazing. Is Apple sponsoring this episode? I can't remember. Oh, man, we were talking about it for... <laughs> we just talked about it for a while. I mean, it'd be great if they did. Uh, anything Come on down, Apple. <laughs> anything stand out to you? Uh, let's talk some WordPress. Let's put WordPress in the middle of the show. Oh, boy. I'll get some viewers. Yeah, we'll keep the people who are ready to just hang up talking about Apple. Anything, uh, any standout single story f- episode milestone for you in, in WordPress through 2021? Um, oh, and last year? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Like, you know, obviously Gutenberg's, you know, continue to grow and, and become a much more solid feature of, of WordPress. I think the, the shift has... Or not shift, but I guess the, the the big topic now is like eyeing toward the future with this full site editing, you know, capabilities and, and WordPress 5.9 coming out soon um, and how that's kind of going to impact the landscape um, and even, you know, the work that we do with clients, how that could potentially impact that. So it's a pretty impactful feature, I guess, is the way, you know, it is a feature, right? It's a impactful feature that's coming to WordPress and it could really change the landscape we talked about this on the the wordpress friday hangout i think you're on that one about you know obviously a feature like that's a huge benefit to something like wordpress.com when you're up against things like squarespace and wix and these other drag and drop builders Um, but where does it fit in the larger ecosystem um and it's all tbd right we don't know until it rolls out and people start using it or not using it but it is a uh it is a big big thing that's coming that could really kind of potentially change the direction of, of WordPress a bit, or at least how we build for WordPress, certainly, you know? So I haven't read the full story yet, but I saw the headline on the tavern about uh, X amount of themes are, are doing away with the customizer mm-hmm. uh, permanently. And, you know, I just have to think back of like how, you know, back when that was, I think that was a WordCamp Philadelphia um, hey. that, yeah, it definitely was. Because um, remember that hotel? That was the hotel where Pantheon put the logo on the <laughs> on the elevator, wasn't it? Well, that was WordCamp US in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, yeah. sorry, right? right. right. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. Um, and that's that. I think it was that WordCamp, or maybe even the one before that, or however they were staggered. Anyway, the point is, is I remember around that time where everyone was like customizer, customizer, customizer. like this is where it's going. I mm-hmm. invested heavily into that with with my, you know, now dead uh, product conductor um because it was all everything was just like okay that that was like my bet you know it was like they're going into this thing called the customizer Mm -hmm. that's going to be the future you're going to do everything in wordpress in the customizer and i remember sitting down with scott and just being like let's just build it in there it's going to suck in the beginning because this thing isn't mature yet and not everyone's using it but let's just force it because i just want to skate towards the puck and the puck was stolen <laughs> and now they're yeah. killing off the customizer. So I do yeah. get kind of flashbacks. I mean, I still do have a very small WordPress product these days. It doesn't touch anything with the design. So I don't have to really worry about full site editing, but, um, you know, it's gives me sort of those, mm-hmm. those flashbacks of like, man, everyone's going to go there and is it going to last? And I mean, that's what's the thing. It like, be technology like? is always changing, right? So WordPress is no different. Um, right. You know, I think, Gutenberg's another good example, right? Like, do you go all in with it or not? Um, and I think at this point, you kind of have to, or else you're going to get left in the dust because it's kind of the standard that people are looking at now is making sure you have that block editor support. Um, the question is, 
yeah, does full site editing like just is that the dagger that that kills the customizer? Um, it's always been the customizer to me has always been interesting because it's like, you know, it's there and that's where you do a lot of the theme manipulation on the front end and you can see like even previews of things you're changing in real time. Uh, but then there's also like settings in there, which are weird. You know, you can set right. like the site tagline in there, you know, so I've never quite like wasn't, you know, yeah, it's public facing in a sense, but it's not like a visual change necessarily. Yeah. So it's always that part of it's always been a bit weird of what actually should go in there or not. And some people just put everything in there and some people put some stuff there and then that stuff was other places. And, you know, so I don't know if it's been officially announced that customizer is dead, is it? But that seems to be the direction things are headed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. I mean, think of people that went all in on post formats. <laughs> I'll, keep, <laughs> I'll keep banging that drum because yeah. like everyone knew it was, you know, even when it was released, it was a controversial feature because everyone's like, why are we doing this? Are we just trying to compete with Tumblr? Because it's literally exactly what Tumblr has. Didn't really get any buy in from anybody. And then it's just always kind of sat there and nobody's really doing anything with it. Um, and now we own. Well, we <laughs> now WordPress yeah, they, owns now Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah, exactly. And now it feels like so I've always used that as a good example of like, I would rather lead the charge than just, you know, chase after the competition. It felt like with, you know, post formats, we were chasing after Tumblr. And now I'm worried that is full site editing. Are we chasing after Squarespace and Wix? Um, it's and it's I don't know. Like it's you know to be determined, I guess, because it hasn't really been released and it, it needs to come out and, and settle for a bit and get some adoption to see where things land. But um, I just hope there's always a concern that big decisions like this are made specifically because of the impact it has on WordPress.com versus you know the impact it should have on the WordPress ecosystem and all users of WordPress. I mean, do you feel like that might be the case for full site editing where it is primarily a dot com? Yes, there'll be some great themes out there that use it, but by and large, people don't lean hard into it. No, I think people will. I think the general public will will certainly lean into it. I think it, mm-hmm. I think it will be maybe again, just like Gutenberg, not iteration one, but certainly, right. um, you know, as it matures, like people will be happy with it or at least some version of it, you know. Uh, I do have some insight because I recently interviewed Josefa for the Matt Report and we did talk about this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so just sort of getting like her feedback on that. But ultimately, like why Matt wanted to pursue it and what it really means uh, to the community. Look, I, I, there's nothing we should be competing with Wix and Squarespace because probably just like you, you were just, you tell people, yeah, I, number one, I'm not going to build your website. Number two, just go use something else because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want you I even asking me. Time time. Yeah. I don't, I don't even want you asking me about WordPress, you know, if I recommended it to you. So yeah, I, I think we should, uh, I don't think we should just outright copy the way they do it. But I think when you have humans in the millions of people using the software, it does get, it get, it does get kind of generalized and it's just blank mm-hmm. canvas, move big blocks around. How many ways can you slice and dice this thing, you know, in a fashion where humans are going to use it? And I think it'll be this, this sort of general use yeah. case. And then hopefully, hopefully there's that resurgence of opportunity uh, like there was nine years ago with WordPress for us to come in, us being like the freelancers and and the builders and the product people and the businesses to just put our little flavor on it, you know, I guess without impacting the overall core of, of mm-hmm. WordPress, like some page builders did early on and maybe yeah. even still continue to do today. 
Yeah, I'm really curious, especially on the builder side of it. Obviously, I own an agency, so that's always going to be on my mind is how would we use this for our clients? Would we use this? What does it mean? You know, and, and then you start to wonder. I always go back to like page builders in general. It's that classic, you know, Spider-Man line, like with great power comes great responsibility, right? And you get in the idea of, I almost think there could be a world where we spend more time turning things off for clients so they don't, you know, hurt themselves, if you will. Um as much as we do implementing and using the features that are available, we do it now with Gutenberg. You know, we're constantly shutting things off because it's overwhelming. There's too much. There's things in there they'll never use or things in there they shouldn't use. So we spend a lot of time like, you know, basically disabling things or yeah. hiding things or whatever, because it's 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 too much for them. And that's what they need. And I'm curious how full site editing works in that regard, because we end up we're going to end up where WordPress becomes like the MySpace. And everyone's like, yeah, if you use WordPress you probably have a shitty looking site because people are in there just dragging things around and throwing in yeah. whatever graphics. It's so easy to build, you know, do whatever you want with it. And all of a sudden now you got tons of websites that don't look very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably not likely, but you know, it's just like worst case scenarios. You start to run through your head. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I agree. We should be competing with Wix and Squarespace, but I don't want to lose sight of, of, you know, when you're at the top, you know, you should be basically blazing your own path, right? And people should yeah. be following you and trying to play catch up with you. So, do you have uh, any reaction? We'll see how it all shakes out. Do you have any reaction um, to? I have it clipped on for the listener. If you go to the wpminute.com, you can go to the state of the word post or search state of the word on the wpminute.com um, for a clip that Matt, I pulled a clip out from Matt's address at the state of the word. Uh, where he said Gutenberg is bigger than WordPress. I could be pulling that out of paraphrase a little bit or paraphrasing that a little bit, but he did say Gutenberg is uh, uh, bigger or more important mm -hmm. than WordPress. Do you have any thoughts or do you have any predictions what he means? Because I have my I mean, I know other projects are integrating Gutenberg, like Drupal is a pretty, probably one of the more high profile ones um, that you can actually integrate Gutenberg and the block editor into Drupal. I have not done that, so I don't know you know, how smooth that process is or how like comparable they are, um, you know, using Gutenberg and Drupal versus WordPress. But I mean, I love the idea that it's built in a way that it could be leveraged by other projects because ultimately if more projects are kind of buying into it, they're just going to help make it better, right? Like if you got the Drupal community really buying into Gutenberg, awesome. You know, it's like one of the second, you know, not, I don't know, like one of the other, you know, other large, massively large open source projects out there um, in the CMS space, you know, so having those talented developers helping, you know, uh, team up with WordPress developers and whoever else to say, Hey, let's, you know, this isn't any one platform. Let's make it as good as we possibly can for everybody. I can only imagine that would be a good thing. Um, yeah. but what does that adoption look like? Like right now I know it's a you know, module, whatever you have to bring into Drupal and, and work with. So, but it, you know, block based editing is basically the, the, it's where the web's at, it's where it's continuing to head. Um, so you know, having more of a, a standard in a sense isn't a bad thing. It just would open the pool to more developers and more users, honestly. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting statement. I've I mean I've said that for for years with his Matt's predict Matt Mullenway's prediction on uh WordPress being the uh operating system of the web. That has always been a statement that really kept me right. interested in WordPress. And then I kind of fell off a little bit, came back, he said it again, but now he's saying Gutenberg's bigger. You know, I, I see Gutenberg as just like you said, just use it, you know, integrate it into other platforms beyond, you know, just the uh, websites and, and applications. I mean, that's, 
if I were Matt, like that's what I would be thinking is like Gutenberg is the interface to just so much other stuff, right? Like does because Gutenberg become the the operating system of the web, like little blocks of code coming together, mm-hmm. right? And you're stacking things together to make a program happen, like those kinds of crazy things. And you can and by the way, you can search for those blocks of code through the Openverse, right? So like. It's just pretty mind-boggling when he makes that statement so passively that I think mm-hmm. that, you know, to the passerby, we're like, how the hell could it be bigger than WordPress? Like WordPress are websites. WordPress are, is an app. But man, to, to just envision that at scale, it'd have to be bigger in his head than just an editing experience. I could be totally wrong. It, you know, it could be just like, you know, womp womp. It's just a big editor. <laughs> But I'd imagine that it's like something greater than that in his right. mind. I'd really love to. Know. And on that side, he's like leaning hard into that. But then on like the Web3 stuff, it's very like high level, like nothing at this point, which seems yeah a little, I, I don't know. I'm were you surprised, under, you were, I guess, because of how you were like relevant, how, how much it's, it's being discussed, how much is going on out there on the Web3 space and how it's really starting to trickle into all aspects of everything, it seems. Um that there hasn't been more kind of open discussion about it at that level. Now it doesn't mean there's not discussions behind the scenes. I'm sure there are. Right. Um, but were you, you underwhelmed know, are we by be in his a catch up game again? Are we going to be a year or two from now being, you know, realizing, Oh wow. What WordPress did not lean into web three and other platforms did whatever, or maybe developers have moved, you know, whatever, but it's like, clearly it's not going away and it's going to impact the web in some, some way, long term, certainly. Um, I'd be very so you were under you were underwhelmed by that. you were underwhelmed by his response on Web three. Yeah, I mean it was really it was a it was a nothing burger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was because <laughs> like he teased just, it. He teased it ahead of time. Right. It felt like putting some keywords into a blog post just to get the keywords in the blog post. You know what I mean? Like that's what it felt like. Like oh well, WordPress is decentralized. Okay, all right, dude. <laughs> like, can we get into the meat of this? Because I'm really curious on his take on it in a sense and. Um, Again, I don't think it should take over everything or, or whatever, but there should be some dialogue going on, open dialogue around how Web3 and WordPress, you know, work together and how they live together and what that could impact or not, um, especially just at the basic level of, of, you know, authentication, I think is is the biggie, right? Like the idea of having to log into WordPress using Facebook or Twitter, that is the old way, right? I want to log in with my wallet. I don't want to use Facebook. I don't use Twitter. People are, you know, getting off those platforms daily, deleting their accounts. Um, so, you know, I think that world is changing, especially from a user account standpoint. And I think that's the biggest piece that's going to, we're going to see from an impact standpoint. You know, I, if we're talking about this next year and there's not some way to connect into wordpress.com with, you know, MetaMask or something, I would be floored. You know, I'd be floored at the very basic, just to have some type of integration to log into wordpress.com with my, with my wallet. Kind of seems like a no-brainer. Have you seen some of the stuff that Jordan Gall has been working on with? Um, oh God, uh, the name's going to escape me now of his new of his new venture. But I had him on the Matt Report uh, Rally. Uh, I think it's GetRally.com. Um, so anyway, no, he's, doing, he's doing he's uh, doing decoupled. Uh, or headless e-commerce, right? So he builds the checkout experience based, uh, based off of all of his experience with Carthook. And he just launched their uh, one-click checkout uh, for, it's yeah, get rally, it's rallyon.com. Rallyon.com is the, the name of the website. 
and he just launched the one-click checkout. But he's building in the Rally network. It's not here yet, but he plans on doing it where the merchants and the consumers who actually are checking out with a merchant using Rally Pay, they're sort of building up the I'm really simplifying this, but they're building up the value of a of a rally token so that there's value there's value being built as you check out and you can claim your tokens. And as a merchant, you can claim, I guess, tokens as well. So that you don't leave that network. So the more transactions you do with a rally merchant, you know, I guess the more air miles you get <laughs> at the end of the day, like in this in this token, which could unlock other cool things which I've seen around NFTs where it's like, hey, if you own an NFT, like you, like, like probably like what you want is I sync up my MetaMask, Brad owns this, you know, CryptoPunk and he can buy these new Nikes, right? That sort yeah. of like authentication validation. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe that's where he's headed. And those are some of the really cool things I think with Web3, obviously we've chatted about that before. Yeah, it says you can restrict access to your checkout based on specifics specific nfts in your wallet yeah so he already has that on his site. discounts yeah and it says a lot more on the way but yeah that's exactly cool. it right like hey if you have our if you have the the you know the random show nft right you get our show one day early <laughs> or something you know do you think it's going to get easier to, to make nfts for anybody to make an nft or at least yeah. obviously the art is easy right it's easy to make art <laughs> i'm gonna just throw that out there so easy art, to make art. yeah because i could draw a line on a freaking piece of paper and i could say that's art uh but what about the technology what about like embedding it on the blockchain and all that stuff is that going to get easier and contracts and all this stuff yeah i think it will i mean a lot of these marketplaces um you know have ways you can emit your own nfts against their smart contract which really eliminates a lot of the overhead right if you know it doesn't it also keeps you confined kind of into their their contract um and whatever payouts and things like that they've they've baked into that contract but it's a, the quick and easy way to get things out there right or you can roll out your own contract and basically do whatever you want and that's where it gets way more technical so yeah i think i mean there's marketplaces popping up daily i mean OpenSea is clearly the the leader in the space but you know, OpenSea's getting some heat, up. though, aren't they? OpenSea they getting are. some got, heat. I mean, they got a ton of funding, and they're just—you know—it's constantly down. <laughs> like it's—you know—it's just—I don't—I don't know. But um, just because I think you're that's number one doesn't Matt, mean you'll stay number one, right? And I think that's what Matt was maybe hinting at. It's like we're all desiring for this decentralized approach, and then it's like OpenSea—we're decentralized. Oh well, now we've got billions of dollars and some right. VC folks and uh, we're going to centralize things a little bit more now. Well, that, like, yeah, that's the thing. Cause like OpenSea, like for example, I've seen, you've probably seen articles or, or tweets or whatever about people, you know, their wallets getting hacked, right? Somebody stole all their board apes out of their wallet. Um, and what OpenSea can actually um, basically restrict those, right? So if someone's stolen ape from me and I can prove it, OpenSea can basically flag that NFT and say, you can't, it, it's basically frozen. You cannot trade this on our network. Um, now it doesn't stop them from trading it in other marketplaces. Cause again, it's all blockchain, right? It's all Ethereum blockchain for board apes anyways. And, um, if you can interact, interact with that blockchain and that smart contract, then you can absolutely, you know, buy and sell those things. So, but if you're number one, it would be like Google saying, you know, you, you stole something, we're going to kick you off search results, right? Like you can still run a business, but you're no longer on the number one, you know, platform. So that's probably going to hurt you. 
But you're right, because that opens the question of, well, is it decentralized? It technically is. But if the number one platform dominates and they can basically lock things down, then that's not. So, uh, but again, everything's still on the blockchain. So it is technically decentralized. A good example is if you follow Tezos, the blockchain, um, they the original marketplace for Tezos NFTs was called Hicket Nunk. And it was this one guy basically rolled it out as an experiment, really got it going over however many months. And eventually just decide, you know what? I won't do this anymore and shut it down. Um, there's more to it, but you can read into it if you want all the details. But what was cool is he had, the momentum had already started, was already there. People were already collecting on the Tezos blockchain. So overnight, you know, all these marketplaces popped up, right? So yeah, the original's gone, but everyone still has their NFTs. There's all these other marketplaces you can go and buy and sell and interact with those NFTs. So in a weird way, it kind of got the ball rolling. And then even though it ducked out, it's continuing to roll and it's even bigger and rolling even faster, you know? So that is a good example of how the decentralization actually can protect us. Right. Cause it's right. just because once I shut down, all, I still own all my NFTs. I still have, they're all on the blockchain, you know? So right. I can still do stuff with them and that's, yeah. Fair statement that the, that the, the most powerful asset here in all of this stuff, NFTs, crypto, it's the blockchain, Right. Right. It's, it's the, the foundation open, of it. That's it's the open record. Right. And when right. people, and when people are, I see people who are oh, obviously still like anything brand new. Again, people laughed at money when money was invented. <laughs> like, no, I still have, I still have this bucket of clamshells that I'm using to buy stuff. <laughs> like what do I need this paper thing for? Or right. I'm chipping off shards of gold off of this bar that I found. Um, and people laughed at money. I think it's. A, I think we're in the same like human cycle of that stuff. And I say is like, wh- how, how far has money gotten us? You know, people are like they're just using it for buying drugs and killing people. Well, isn't that what they're doing with money already for like two hundred <laughs> for years? a long time? Yeah, this for a long it. time. Like you know, <laughs> like people have been doing that. I mean, they, they, I don't know what the isn't there like forty percent of paper money like laced with cocaine? I don't know if that's a true fact, but I've heard it. <laughs> you heard it here, people. <laughs> you know, I've heard it. Before. I heard stuff like that. Too. You know, it's like it's true. who knows. You know, it's 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 just like this is. You know, I get it. I get it. Or environments, though. Oh, look how much right. energy it uses. I mean, look how much energy. Every, like throwing iPhones into the ocean uses. I don't know. Stop buying right. an iPhone. Like, yeah, that, you know, those arguments are like, you know, there is a point to that, right? Yes. There's Bitcoin and, you know, Ethereum as it runs today is, is very energy intensive, but there's also, you know, chains and, and, and other ways to do it where it's not. So, you know, that's, that's someone with a talking point that hasn't really dug in and under, fully understand it, you know? So like Tezos, for example, is proof of stake. It uses almost, you know, mi- very minimal electricity at all to do to do what it's doing you know and pennies on transactions and gas fees and all that so um but yeah I, you know i get it like it, it's just you know i i feel like the the biggest it feels like people hate on nfts and blockchain so much because they're maybe it feels like it's passing them by right people are, are doing this and being successful in, in a way and and if you if you don't know what's going on or you're just looking on the surface you, you know you're probably going to be like, I don't understand it. And why are these people making all this money? It must be stupid. <laughs> like, who knows? For- it's also still so new. I mean, literally NFTs have really only been like exploding in the past year, you know, former it existed word- before that, but it really just caught on last year, really exploded last year, you know, early last year. Former WordPress celebrity, uh, Brian Krogsgaard launched a new company back last year, about seven months ago called flip. 
And they just announced yesterday that he raised $6.5 million in seed funding. <laughs> I remember when seed funding was like 20 grand. <laughs> and now it's $6.5 million. Not bad. I wonder if he took any in, B- in Bitcoin. I, I should read the but article. They took it all ethereum or something like it's funny because a lot of the crypto you know people that really run in these circles they don't even talk in terms of dollars you know like 6.5 million nah but they'll quickly convert that and say oh yeah that's you know however many eth <laughs> you know 600 eth or whatever it is, you know thousand eth cool i'll do that Krogsgard right. said today OpenSea remains the largest nft marketplace hold on i got a pop-up ad largest nft marketplace with over 95 percent market share but that will change as coinbase F- ftx and other players launch their nft platforms yeah coinbase is gonna chip away at it but the thing about coinbase going back to decentralize is it seems to be that they're rolling out at least to start a very um uh, you know curated collection of nfts it's not just you can find anything on the blockchain on there. They're actually like approving collections to show up um, on their, you know, in their marketplace. I don't know if that's a long-term plan, but that's definitely the launch plan because they're announcing the collections that are going to be supported. So they're not all going to be on there, you know? So you might own something or be a part of some community or collection that isn't even on it at launch. So I'm very curious to see how that goes because it is a, it is a curated NFT marketplace. Um, which I have not seen before. And certainly at that level, I mean, Coinbase is massive. That is where the majority of people buy their crypto. Um, so imagine buying your crypto and then spending it in the exact same place without having to transfer it around. Like, so they're going to have immediate adoption. You know, it's not going to overtake OpenSea on day one, but they're going to have immediate adoption with a millions of users. So it'll be really interesting to see where that goes. I've never, just the curated aspect of it is, is kind of fascinating. I'd really like to see, you know, aside from all of the like the fun stuff uh, with this technology, but uh, smart contracts or uh, public record. I mean, I would love for or to see innovation in the local government space of, yeah. of digital ownership, right? Yeah, like, I, I yeah, want to know this property. Here it is on the blockchain. Here's where property. I paid for it. Here's you know, yeah, property. Here's the, everybody that owned it before me government council, stuff like that. Like what are the yeah. like things people have voted on? What are their stance? Like I, I, I want to be able that's to probably which, like decades out oh, I mean, <laughs> we'll, getting yeah. government to up to speed on current technology. <laughs> right. But I mean, it, it would take, you know, you, it would take an intermediary, I guess, uh, to mm-hmm. in the beginning to sort of, you have somebody assigning this stuff, you know, I mean, think about it. There's, um, a gentleman that I that I interviewed on the Matt Report too. I'm going to forget all these names. I'm very bad at names. Um, uh, who we he has a plugin that connects up to WordPress, and you can uh, save uh, when you publish a, a post. It saves it to the blockchain. Wow! I interviewed him like three years ago. He raised a bunch of money out in Europe. Oh God, I can't remember his name. I can't find the post in front of me yeah, right I'll now. Check that out. That sounds kind of neat. Uh, but it's already there for revisions, right? So you basically say, I publish this, it's saved to the blockchain. And then if you edit it, right, uh, this was at the height of like fake news. Um, you know, you was would say that this has been edited. Here's the original version and it was edited, uh, so you, you know, on, on the blockchain. The blockchain and- yeah. 
you know the what well like when i first started like digging into crypto years ago the wordproof video wordproof.io wordproof i'll have to tech, check that out sebastian I watched, Vendor I watched a video that really cemented like how valuable this could be in in kind of the everyday world like you're you know you're talking about not just nfts and stuff like that but the, the example they gave was like a grocery store, right? If Or from the farm all the way to the, the table, essentially, right? But imagine a, a farmer that grows, you know, green beans, for example, and they have tons of them and they ship them out to supermarkets and stores and restaurants all over the, all over the country, whatever. Um, and then they find out that something's bad with a certain batch. That happens from time to time, right? And they have to recall, they have to recall all the green beans, right? Between these dates, all the green beans, because they don't have ways to actually track back to the actual exactly where that came from right so they don't know which ones are bad and which ones are good they just have to destroy all of them so the idea of blockchain is you know if if those green beans from the second they're harvested were tracked on the blockchain and you could literally go to the blockchain as the grocery store and go all the way back to see every single time those green beans have exchanged hands and where they went you could very quickly and very efficiently identify the bad ones and only worry about getting rid of those and not destroying weeks worth of, you know, a whole week's worth of product or whatever. So, you know, the idea of having that decentralized ledger, open ledger that anyone could essentially access for something like that could be huge, right? Like, because that happens all the time. It's like, ah, oh, this chicken, if you bought any chicken in the past two weeks, throw it away. It's like, really, do we really have to waste that much chicken when maybe it's only like, you know, from this particular farm, from this particular batch on this particular day? And once they identify that, they know exactly where all of those, you know, all that chicken went. It's fascinating. But that and that's what and there are grocery stores that are like leaning into that. So um, those type of real world examples and as more people do them and show them off, I think are really going to explode the idea of blockchain and that open ledger because there's just the, the possibilities are endless and it's well beyond just like you know, selling pictures of bored apes and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, who think about even expanding on that. If you buy something, I mean, I want to be able to scan that whatever QR code and see where everything came from in a product that I bought, right? Mm -hmm. Who put it together? <laughs> like where, yeah. where was it sourced from? You know, you talk about where ingredients are sourced from, like you want to be able to scan that, you know, Tyson chicken, uh, and see yep. like where all of these things came from, uh, and what went into it because God damn it. It's all right to know like where this made stuff in the USA from. or not. I need to know. Right. hundred percent. All right. Let's wrap it up. This is one of our longest episodes ever. Probably one of our most, uh, well thought out episodes. Oh, there's no thinking here at the random show. It's random well show. Thought out. Hey, should we record? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Randomshow.net. Um, all right. Just throw out the throw out the shows that you're that you're watching. Uh, I just uh, finished off. Let's see what I finished off. I finished off Witcher. Uh, I finished off. I need to watch that. Succession. Uh, That's what I'm watching. I am loving the new season of Dexter. I'm six episodes in. And then next up from that will be the final season of Expanse for me. Ooh, good ones. I, I started Secession. I'm uh, wrapping up season two. Everyone was talking about it, so I was like, I got to do it. It's a cool show. Dexter, I haven't watched yet, but that's on the list. Very excited. I've heard great things about that. Um, I actually just finished watching the new Stand mini series or whatever series on uh, Paramount+. Plus. Uh, it was okay. Nothing I, I, it was okay. I guess it's the best way to describe it. <laughs> it wasn't like amazing, but it wasn't terrible. It was just, you know, it was, it was worth watching. It was, it was okay. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I guess that's, Oh, the other one that I've been watching is if you're a fan of the office, 
um, on Peacock, they have the super fan episodes. Have you watched any of those? So they basically, um, they originally launched with season two. Now they have season two, three, and four. Um, and it's not the full season. It's a good chunk of the season. It's like 10 or 15 episodes. And they've, they have, um, scenes that they cut and they went back in and basically put them back in. So the episodes have gone from about being about 22 minutes to closer to like 30, 32 minutes. So about an extra 10 minutes of, you know, never before seen, uh, you know, clips and segments for all these episodes. And they just released season four of the super fan episodes. So, um, if you're a fan of the office, I didn't realize what they were until a few months back. And I was like, Oh my, it was like discovering unseen episodes, basically. Like there's all these storylines they cut out. So if you're a fan of the show, definitely you need to check those out. Cause they're a lot of fun. And, and season four just came out, I think at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So working through that too, which has been cool. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I've been listening to the new for podcast side of it. Been listening to, um, the, the guys from, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. Launched the podcast. Rob. Yeah. I, I, are you fans of the show or is that hit too close to home? I, you know, I was. It just keeps going. Like somehow <laughs> I just like fell off and stopped watching. Like I watched probably the first 10 seasons and then right. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know. We moved or whatever. And I'm just like, it's still going. And now I'm like, I don't even know where to dive back in. It's the show's hilarious. I'm assuming yeah. it's still just funny as it was. But yeah, I mean, it's a funny, funny show. And it yeah. does hit very close to home, which is also why it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, one of those, one of those podcasts where you kind of like, like talking Sopranos, which is now done because they've wrapped up all the, uh, all the episodes. Um, you know, you get a little behind the scenes. They don't, they don't dive into it. What I really liked about talking Sopranos is they'd front load it with the hosts talking and then go into like personal stories from the host or whatever, and then interview somebody. Sometimes they'd mm-hmm. interview somebody from the show, but then they dive in and really break down literally line from line, line for line, the show. And just like explained everything that was happening, like in those moments, if they were yeah. involved in the, in the, and that was just awesome. Like, I need to go re that's, that's one on my list to rewatch Sopranos. Haven't Sopranos seen it in a long, amazing. long time. I mean, I've seen the whole series, but it's been years, you know, um, and lost or two. I want to, yeah. I want to revisit maybe this year and watch them again. I've watched Soprano seven times. And on that note, randomshow.net. Thanks for uh, listening. If you're a super fan of the random show, go ahead and hit that retweet button. Share it with your uh, colleagues. If you dare, we randomly show up. That'll be a new year's resolution. Maybe show up a little bit more often this year. Maybe, maybe we'll do one, one a week. Or not. No. One a month. That could be a good one. One a month would be a, a nice stretch goal. Let me just take a look before we sign off. Let's see. Um, we only got 11 more to do. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. The website's not loading right now. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> Let's see. Are we done today? I don't even know. December, November. So one, two, three, four, a bit five, of a gap in there, six, <laughs> seven. We did seven episodes last year. One, two, three. Well, then maybe four, our goal should five. be five. <laughs> we did five in 2020. episodes in 2019. You know what? That was the before times. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
I like how 2020 went to five. Like that, we're that home before, more. That was before we were trading in scrap metal for NFTs <laughs> and filtering our water before, before we I'm drank like it. fist fighting my neighbor for a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> Randomshow.net, everybody. Thanks for listening. 55 minutes. Pretty amazing stuff. See you on the internet. See ya.